Art of the Kickstart, Episode 78. Welcome to the Art of the Kickstart.com, where entrepreneurs are constantly pushing the envelope to build businesses of greatness. Inventors are innovating, creating the products of the future, and backers stand strong for what they believe. These are some of the great thinkers, inventors, and leaders of our time. Here are their stories. Guys, one of the questions that I've been getting a ton from listeners is how do I know if my Kickstarter campaign is absolutely ready to launch? It's ready to dominate. So you know what? I created a 23-step success guide based off the 80 inventor interviews that I've done. This will take you step-by-step through launching your Kickstarter campaign, making sure you have everything that you need to make it happen. Artofthekickstart.com slash checklist to get our 23-step guide to making sure you're ready to kill it on Kickstarter. Check it out, guys. Hey, guys. Welcome to Art of the Kickstart. Today, I'm pumped to have Martin Shellstrom, founder over at Narrative, the guys behind the Momoto lifelogging camera, on the line to share how something as simple as a picture can raise over half a million dollars on crowdfunding. Thank you for coming today, Martin. I'm excited to have you on. Hey, man. I'm excited to be on. So, Martin, the first thing we have to kick this interview off with is a life quote, a success quote. What do you got? A life quote? I always think that, I think this is actually a quote by Albert Einstein, who said that you should never strive for success, always strive to create value. And that's everything. That's what I think about every day. How do you apply that to your life? Let's go a little deeper into that, because that's an awesome quote. Yeah, because I really feel that always, like if you strive to create success, you will always find that when you reach your goal, there's always someone else ahead of you, like being more successful and so on. But if you so you never feel satisfied, you actually never will get there where you feel I'm hey, I'm successful. And if you did, like how terrible would that be? Like how empty. But if you strive instead strive to create value, that's something you can do every way, every day. You can can when you meet a person, you can just find a way to be valuable for that person. Or if you build a product, don't think about how much you will sell. Think about how you can create value through that product. For people and if then because then if you create value for just one person or for a million people that's great but then the number doesn't really matter because the value for each individual matters like you can sell anything you can sell crap to people but do you want to spend your life doing that i wouldn't i would never do that exactly that is a great thing to live by it's all about the journey it's not necessarily a destination yeah, destination, we got to say that. You raised over half a million dollars with Kickstarter. But let's talk about the journey. Where did Momoto start? It started actually three years ago. And we were on Kickstarter two years ago in 2012, almost to the day. I think we launched on October 3rd and or middle of October 2012. And we uh, ended the campaign on last of November. So it was almost to the day two years ago we were on Kickstarter. And, and half a million was a really big deal back then at least now i <laughs> oh you're still a big like you're still a big deal don't let anyone tell you otherwise <laughs> yeah but uh, i think it's awesome now that kickstarter is actually growing it's not a fad it's really still going very strong or stronger than ever i forget the question <laughs> what were you, okay i forgot for a sec too where'd momoto come from <laughs> take us through a little bit of the story yeah, yeah okay yeah so i 
want to to start a new company. So I went through this phase where I spent months coming up with business ideas. I was running my old startup, Twingly.com, and I want to look go back to the like the start again, where everything is unknown and it's all about innovation, creative and creativity. So I was listing business business ideas, uh, like everything from SaaS businesses to like. A, book swapping services and like a, I wanted to date, build a data driven public book publisher but once I like came upon the idea of a wearable camera everything else just faded away comparison because it was so compelling like you could uh, wearable technology was actually starting to be a thing back in 2011 when this was when I did this and so that that was I saw that wearable technology because of the minimization of everything in tech would really become a huge trend. While photography, of course, is like the driver behind majority of social media. So in the intersection of wearable technology and photography, there was nothing. Like I could find a couple of products that were attempting to do, to create something there, but I could find hundreds or thousands of people that were experimenting with things in that space. And there was really a need for what I could see, a need for a really awesome product in that space. And I always wanted to document my own life more. I, that was a really, I felt a really strong emotional connection to that. So Martin, the sense I'm getting is that you're a serial entrepreneur. You're a businessman at heart. You take a problem, I want to build a business, and you go about it in the most logical way possible. Yet I've heard the exact opposite approach is also highly positive, taking something, building it around a passion. What would you recommend based off of your experience? And how would you, how would you kind of explain that to inventors, entrepreneurs out there that want to create something amazing? I really feel strongly about this, that when you start a business, you're going to spend years doing that. And so the way I think about that, you, you really want to apply creativity and not inspiration to selecting a business idea. And the difference is that inspiration comes to you in a flash and you realize, why well, this is the best thing ever. I'm going to do this. And creativity is the opposite. Creativity is like this long, tedious process where you draw stuff down, you sketch stuff, and then you throw it away and begin over again. Or you, you, you have one sketch and you prove it on it and prove on it. If you imagine like the studio of a great artist that is really creative, what you want to see when you come into that studio is like the walls covered with sketches and thrown away pink pictures. Then there's paint everywhere. You don't want to come into this clean place where there's just one picture up front that he's working on. You want to see like all these mistakes and failures as well, because that's what creativity is about. And when you are, are an entrepreneur or you want to create an idea, don't spend time on just one idea. Just validate that idea by coming up with a few more, maybe five more or 10 more or 15 more ideas, just to, so you have something on, of your own to compare against. And so I think about this like, sort of like, you know, Hunger Games, the, the book or the movie. Absolutely. Uh, what you need to do is to gather not only one idea, but a few ideas and throw them into this pen where only one can survive. Only one can come out of that. And the one idea that kills all the other idea, that's the one to bet on. And so what I would say to, to someone pitching me their startup, what I always say, I ask, is this your first idea or your 20th? Because if, if it's your first idea, I think you can do better. 
if you compared it to 20 other ideas and it's still the best one, then I'm sure this is, will be a big hit, almost no matter, matter what it is. So that's how I think about it. You have absolutely the makings of a Viking Paul Graham there. I love it. Throw him into a cage and see what comes out. That is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I'm very glad that you gave us that insight into innovation versus creativity because that's no, something I never would have thought of. But that's that's huge for Kickstarters. It's not necessarily that spark. It's the spark and then what comes after and after and after that gets you to Kickstarter. And you guys were spending quite a bit of time prepping for this campaign before you launched. What did you do to make it such a success? What kind of marketing strategies? Take us through the pregame. Yeah, so I, I would not bet on this if I didn't give it my best. And doing that meant that I basically just needed to have every channel available lined up to to make sure that we made a big splash when we launched on Kickstarter. So we, what we did was that we went around talking to as many people as we could on conferences and meetups and just in daily life. And one really big mistake that people make is to keep stuff secret when you work on it. Because when it's not until you actually pitch it to people that you see that you learn what the idea that you have really is. So what you do is you need to talk to that. You need to talk to a hundred people before you know actually how to pitch the idea. Because what you do is that you you talk about your idea to other people and you see in their faces when their light the eyes light up or when the their excitement fades down. And you see that when you use certain words, they understand your idea. When you use other words, they get confused. And that process is super important when you're launching on Kickstarter. If your campaign page on Kickstarter is the first time you tell another living person about your idea, your Kickstarter page is going to suck. But if you have pitched it to 100 people, you know exactly what questions will come up in the minds of the people you are pitching it to. What order should you answer those questions in order for them to feel safe with the idea from the start? And so that is super important. So what we did, because you still want to keep, keep it under wraps. You don't want, it's not a secret. You just not, don't want to destroy the news value. So what you do is that you talk to everyone you meet, but to every person you say, this is a huge secret. You can't tell everyone, anyone about this, but we're actually building a wearable camera. So don't tell anyone, but this is going to be a really big hit. And then you start pitching the idea and you look at the questions you get back. And just because you said, like, this is a secret, people will not tweet or blog about it, but they will still give you honest feedback and they will be excited about being included in that process. And so that's what we did. We, I think we built up an email list of around 600 people that we all had met in person during the four or five months leading up to launching the Kickstarter campaign. And then we approached a lot of media contacts as well, journalists and bloggers. So we had we we were like we had a an exciting product. Like a wearable camera was and is still like on the edge of both technology and where usage patterns are for wearable technology. So we actually had something like nine different articles lined up under embargo on the day of the Kickstarter launch. Dang, uh, that was good job. Written. And that was a huge part of us, us being able to make a splash. And what you do is that you contact these bloggers and say, this is um, under embargo until this specific date. This is the information we can share right now. And if, if you want to do an interview, just write us an email. We'll schedule that. We're available anytime during these next three weeks leading up to the launch date. 
And uh, if you have a product that is exciting enough, you will, by doing that, you will have articles being posted on the exact same time that you launch your Kickstarter campaign, which is so important to get that snowball effect rolling. And the third thing we did was to create a Facebook event for the Kickstarter launch, where we just, we were, I think we were quite big already, like 12 people in the team. All of us just invited all our friends and family into the Facebook event. And we told them, like, we really need to, you to like be the snowball that rolls down the hill, becoming this uh, huge uh, mountain of snow at the foot of the hill. You, you need to be with us from the start. And so please, if you're going to back us, back us the first minute, because then other people coming in will see that we actually have already some backers. And that will be, that's a huge part of validation. So that's other stuff we did uh, was just posting on our own blogs and making sure there, were, there was content to share apart from the Kickstarter campaign. We posted that on Twitter and Facebook. We asked other people to tweet and retweet and so on. So um, then on, we just let this entire avalanche go at the same time on our launch day. This has been absolutely beautiful interview so far. I've hardly had to ask questions and you've given us essentially the perfect guide to launching a Kickstarter campaign. Martin, you are killing it right now. This is going so well. I need to keep asking you more questions and we're going to turn this into a book or a course or something. So my question, my question now for you, when you've got a relatively innovative product, you've got something, it's also relatively invasive as well. And the fact that it will be taking pictures all the time, how do you deal with some of the concerns that some people will have about that? Or are early adopters just willing to go for anything? I just read, uh, actually, just before this interview, a quote by, by Gandhi saying that something like, I forget the exact word right now, but something like the truth will never hurt a wholehearted intent or something like that to that effect. And uh, I really think that's what you need to do. We, we never shied away, not even from the start in the design of the product, from the problems with uh, long technology that is like outside the, what is common sense right now. And that is a, like a classic innovation uh, problem. Like you, you sig when other people sag, or you use the blue ocean strategy to do something else. Than the, and but at the same time, even though it creates problems, if you're doing something that perfectly lines up with what everything everyone will think is common sense, then you're actually not innovating in a sense. You will be doing something that is already in the minds of people. And you, if you're outside of that then you know that you're something new, you're on the track to something new. But so the, the problems with wearing a live vlogging camera is that you will probably have people around you not being sure about how to relate to that. And there are real problems about integrity and, and privacy uh, involved in taking photos with, with any camera. So if you take photos all the time, there's the potential problems of privacy all the time. And so what we did was that we made sure that we did not shy away of those problems. We are taking that, taking the responsibility for all of that into account. And, uh, and so we could be like gun makers saying that guns don't kill people, people kill people. But we're actually doing the opposite and making sure that it's our responsibility to design the product from the start. So with integrity and privacy in mind, examples of that, how that have made a huge impact into the design of the product is that we actually have as a principle to never stream photos into the public by default. So it's always 
two decisions going into any photography being made available to the public. First, you decide to wear the camera, and then you look at photos and you decide to share them. So there's a safeguard there, like a moat or protecting people's uh, privacy. And uh, also, we wanted to, to get users to get the habit of physically taking the camera off when it's not appropriate to take photos. So what we did was that we actually didn't include an on-off button on the camera. So instead, you need to take it off, put it somewhere dark. You need to put it in your pocket or your bag, put it away. You can put it face down on a table and physically show that I'm not taking photos right now. That's that's when <laughs> That was a huge design challenge that we took upon us in order to make sure that we did everything to protect people's privacy. And I think that's huge. That's got to be a big part of the reason, especially two years ago, why you guys were so successful. I want to jump now into the launch round. How's that sound, Martin? Sure. Welcome to the launch round, where we take our guests through a series of rapid-fire questions geared towards unlocking the inner inventor and entrepreneur in all of us. Get ready to blast off and unlock your inner potential. Let's do this. First question for you, Martin. Who do you look up to as an inventor and entrepreneur? I look up to two people, Steve Jobs and Muhammad Ali. I like that. It's a very, very differing, differing profile base. If you could meet either one of them, why would you, what would you want to talk to him about? I want to talk to Steve Jobs about his creative process, how he, he builds empathy in, into products, uh, how, how he gets, how you move, some, move the edge like a mile ahead with launching one product like the iPhone. I would like to talk to Muhammad Ali about how he dared to be himself under massive criticism, how he, he could like take that pressure and still like shine through all of that with, with his uh, personality. Absolutely. He shined through it. Next question for you, Martin. Business books, life books. Are there any that you want to share with listeners that have changed your life? Like the, the, the change your life portion is hard for one book. But uh, I would like, like to recommend a combination of two books that came out recently that work perfectly together. One is The Hard Thing About Hard Things, which is really good, like a business book about making decisions when you're facing the unknown. And the other is Hatching Twitter, which is a book about how chaotic it is actually inside a company. So one is a great guideline for how to think when making decisions without having all the facts on the table. And the other is just a honest insight probably honest. It's, at least it's something that is very sympathetic to all founders that go through the emotional roller coaster of running a company. Both of those I've heard great things about. Artofthekickstart.com slash audible. You guys get the free downloads if you want them. And last question of the launch round for you, Martin. So wait, I had something I really wanted to ask you. One second. Okay. So as, as what I would consider one of the more successful crowdfunding campaigns of all time, who do you look up to in crowdfunding? What products out there, either design or just what went into them, really motivated you and got you excited about crowdfunding? I really love the Misfit Shine. I, they, I think they were on Indiegogo, was it? But that's a product that where they have made super hard decisions to create a, a laser-sharp focus in the product. They, For example, they, they, the, the battery in the Misfit Shine is neither replaceable or rechargeable. It lasts for six months and then the product is dead, which is to me is this awesome, really awesome decision to make the product into something unique. And because the reality 
for most fitness trackers is actually that people use them for three months to six months and then they, it's just in a drawer somewhere. And so to be able to dare to make that decision and then from that selling million units or whatever they've sold now, I think it's up there. That is really awesome. I think that's a huge testament to the value of creating a razor sharp focus in your product design. Absolutely. I bet you it's more sustainable and they also get, a, they get some little extra sales on the end as well. Let's jump back to you guys, back to the business. Where is Narrative at today? What have you guys been doing in the last two years after fulfilling your crazy campaign goals? Yeah, so, so it turned out when you build both hardware and software, that's a super long tech chain. So we actually had to work a lot on getting, like when you have like seven code and seven platforms to push through to develop one feature, you realize that it's quite it takes a long time to get to the baseline functionality. So that was that's what we've been doing this year. Now we're finally starting to release a stable two-week release cycle on apps where we can every two weeks launch awesome features that build value on top of just a, what the necessities of the tech platform. And so that's just an awesome feeling. We also, through getting to know some great people in, in Silicon Valley, we have investor backings that allows us to have a scaled out team where we have all the people needed to provide the value to our users that we want to and with a lot lot of safety to that. So I'm super excited about what we can do from here on, just building amazing value on top of of the platform we already have in place. Have you guys made it to eight figures? Are you willing to answer that? Eight figures in in terms of what? Revenue. So what will that be? Eight figures, that's $10 million. Yeah. No, it's safe to say that we haven't. Okay. I did actually know that the numbers were a little screwed up in my head. Either way, you guys are killing it. Okay. Thank you for coming on, Martin. I have one last question, which is going to be tough just based off of all the value you've given. But is there anything else that you'd want to share with inventors, entrepreneurs out there before you sign off? Yeah. Like the most, what was driving me in the first two years was that you need to believe it for it to happen. So that's the, like, you need to sell it to yourself before you can sell it to anyone else. But what happens when you truly believe and you go all in on your ideas that the world opens up to you? So that's the most important thing. You believe it and it will happen. Believe it and it will happen. It's happening for you guys. You had an awesome campaign. Thank you for coming on today, Martin. You've been an amazing guest. I'm glad you took time out of your busy schedule to get on here and share what is easily one of the most actionable interviews we've had. Where can people meet you? Where can people find out more about you guys and get the Momoto if they're interested? So visit our webpage on getnarrative.com and send me an email. I'm martin at getnarrative.com. I'd, I'd love to help out expiring Kickstarter entrepreneurs. Shoot me an email. I'll help you out in any way I can. Thank you so much, Martin, for that offer. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Make sure you reach out to Martin because honestly, he just dropped an entire knowledge bomb on you guys. I hope you appreciate it. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, man. Awesome. Hey guys, I'm your host, Matt Ward, and I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Art of the Kickstart, where we believe inventors, innovators, and entrepreneurs are changing the world and bringing humanity forward into the future. If you like the ideas in this episode, or you're interested in learning more about crowdfunding and how to kill it with your own Kickstarter campaign, you can check out more at artofthekickstart.com. And if you've been listening to the show, love the episodes, but you're not subscribed, that's got to change. You can go to artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes or slash Stitcher and get the episodes delivered magically to your phone. And if you like the show, 
I would love you forever if you leave a review on iTunes. It helps more aspiring inventors and creators out there find the show and find the information they need to kill it on Kickstarter. Until next time, thanks for tuning in, guys, and have an absolutely epic day.